Hey everybody, welcome to the 10 to 12 podcast, the official podcast of Teamsters Local 1150. I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Kaiti. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. So conventional wisdom says that you need a college education in order to make a good living. But I mean, I don't think anybody knows it better than us that that's not the, the truth. Um, we know that pursuing a trade can sometimes work out better depending on who you are. So that's what we're talking about today, trade school or college. But first, let's do a benefits bite. Last week, we discussed the savings plan, more commonly known as the 401k. So today, we're going to continue that discussion by looking at the ability to take a loan against your savings plan balance. Uh, And that's covered by letter eight of our contract. Employees may borrow up to 50% of their savings plan balance if they have been a plan participant for two years and have a savings plan balance of at least $2,000. The savings plan's balance will include the COLA funds as part of the total amount available for a loan, and this amount is subject to all normal plan rules. The minimum amount that can be borrowed is $1,000, and the maximum loan amount is $50,000. And as long as you pay back the money, there's no tax penalty or suspension of savings, Um, You just have to make sure that you follow the repayment plan. Any repayment plan is typically done by a payroll deduction, so it's pretty easy. It comes right out of your paycheck. Uh, You could do direct payment uh, if that's not possible for you and just pay them directly. There's different loan periods that you could do. You could do one, two, three, four, or five years, and uh, full prepayment can be made after six months of paying the loan. You can't do a partial prepayment, but you could do a full repayment. Uh, The interest rates on these do change. It's based on the prime lending rate as published in the Wall Street Journal, plus 1% fixed for the term of the loan. And all payments, including interest, go back into the employee's account. So the one thing that's nice about this is rather than paying a bank the interest, it's going back into your 401k. Uh, There is a loan processing fee that's charged. It's usually pretty reasonable. And employees can only have one loan open at a time. Uh, It's probably worth noting there's Definitely better ways if you don't have to borrow money against your retirement. It's better to leave that in there, let that money grow. But it's good to know that that option's available to you if you need it. Um, And it's something that you always have there. Anybody who's looking for more information on this, you can call up the Lockheed Martin Employee Service Center. Um, You could go on their website as well. But by phone, you can set a PIN, uh, give them your LMID number, and you can go through anything in your you know, account. You could look at your balances, you could look at investment options, uh, fund performance, figure out the available amount for withdrawal, uh, any general information you might need. Awesome, good stuff, thanks Jason. Um, so let's take a dive into our contract. If you've ever looked at a wage card, you've probably seen there's a pay range for each labor grade. If you haven't looked at a wage card, definitely download our app. They're in there. It's easy to pull up. Uh, You would just go to member resources. I believe it's the second item down is wage cards. You want to make sure that you you click on the correct wage schedule depending on when you were hired. The date is listed right there. So just make sure you check on, you know, click the right schedule. Um, One side shows your base wage rate. And then the other side shows your base wage rate plus COLA. So there's going to be two sides. The rate that you see on your paycheck every week includes the COLA. So if you're ever trying to match that up, you're going to look at that side of the card. Employees typically start at the bottom of the pay range in their labor grade, and they work their way up. And there's a few different ways that you can kind of increase your wage as you go along. Um, Obviously, there's a normal promotion to a higher labor grade or the 3% general increase we got back in February. But there's also what's called the automatic wage progression, which is covered by Article 7.29 of the contract. 
So 7.29 states that an employee will progress from the minimum rate up to but not in excess of the maximum rate within the employee's labor grade. This increase will occur automatically in 10 cent intervals, uh, 10 cents per hour, after the completion of each 15 weeks of satisfactory job performance, subject to the following provisions. Automatic increases for each employee who is being paid a minimum rate or above but not less than the maximum rate will be scheduled 15-week intervals from the date the employee last received an automatic increase. Automatic increases for an employee hired or transferring into the bargaining unit will be scheduled at 15 weeks from the beginning of the next pay period after the date of hire or transfer. In no instance will any employee be paid at less than the minimum for his or her grade. Automatic increases for an employee promoted or demoted will be scheduled at 15-week intervals from the effective date of such change in grade if the employee's rate is below the maximum of the new grade. In-grade transfers do not affect any employee automatic uh, wage increase. Since these raises are only $0.10, cents, an employee that is $0.11 or $0.12 cents below the maximum will be given the maximum rate in the uh, labor grade. So anytime you're just outside that, that range that would put you at the top, they give you that extra center to to put you at the top nice yep and another thing worth noting is nothing in this agreement and it says right in our contract shall be construed to prevent the company at its digression at its discretion from advancing an employee within the you know range of pay quicker than 10 cents so you can get a quarter raise but that's the one we commonly hear or you know they could top you out within the, the labor grade there is no limitation as to what they can do within the labor grade so if you're doing a good job, um, you know, that's something that is on the table for them to do. Right. And and so don't let a supervisor say, oh, I can't give you more than 25 cents. That's yep. not true. Yeah. And it, it does happen. It happens all the time. Yeah. And talk to your steward. Um, stewards have a better idea of, you know, what gets done, what doesn't get done. So you'll get strung along a lot less when you have a steward involved. Yep. Uh, the other thing that you should definitely know, anytime that a promotion is given, this is the next section of our contract, but it's very quick. Anytime there's a promotion, an employee will receive at least 60 cents per hour. So if you're at the top of your labor grade and you get promoted, you're going to get at least a 60 cent raise. You wouldn't start at the bottom of the next range because you're already in it. Correct. One last thing I'd like to point out, you can track your wage rate on your paycheck, but you could also view the progression of your, your raises by logging into LM People and looking at your job history. It's always good to verify that you got the raises in the correct amount of time that they went in. Uh, so definitely you know, get used to looking through there and you can see all the jobs that you've held and the pay rate changes as you go. And again, your steward can help you out if you need any help. So there's a reason that we talk about this stuff, right? It's not just to spew contract stuff to 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 people listening, right? It's up to us to make sure, and when I say us, I mean the the workers. It's up to us to make sure that the company's doing the right thing, yeah. right? So so educating you on what the contract says is an important piece of that so that you can ensure that the contract's being followed. And I think this is a great example because very recently we discovered um, what was a problem that the company was yeah. doing this wrong. Yes. They were doing it wrong and we had to correct them. Yeah. The, specifically, the company was waiting until you finished your 90-day probationary period to start that 15-week clock for new employees for that progression raise. Well, it's supposed to start on day one. So the company was not doing the right thing. And a newer employee caught it 
and brought it to our attention and we fixed it. So, so, you know, it's things like that, that you as members need to keep your eye out for. And that's why we talk about this stuff. Yeah, please. That's, it's really important. Steve hit the nail on the head right there, but having aware members who know what their rights are and let us know, you know, Hey, my rights are being violated. We always are keeping an eye out as a steward, trying to look out for these things, but you guys are the eyes and ears and we can't catch it all. So please let us know if you have any, you know, even suspicion that something's not right. Something I'd like to add is uh, where it says that you could ask for you could ask for uh, a faster increase than the ten cents. I, I think people should ask for that more often. I tell my members in the shop they should ask because if you feel like you've earned it, you should ask. Yeah, no question about it. Yeah, and let's be honest, they have that next gen recognition system. No, right? Yeah. And- I think that came around once, yeah. and from yeah. what I hear, I don't know if this is true, but salary gives them to each other all the time. I haven't seen hourly, uh, hourly people get them very often. I've so. seen hourly <laughs> people get them, but but listen, why do I want a, a, a credit that I can take to a website and buy a blender because I'm doing a good job at work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want something that's going to be in your paycheck every Every hour. Yeah. Well, they can give week. you cash under they, that. They can, yeah, yeah. They can give you cash. But still, give me a raise. Let me right. earn money every hour. Exactly. Yep. A raise is forever. Yes. Right. <laughs> Good stuff. So let's talk about what we came here to talk about, um, that you know, college is not the only option. Yes, it's not. Um, so Matthew B. Crawford, who is the author of um, a, a book called Shop Class as Soulcraft. I, I love this quote. He says, you can't hammer a nail over the Internet. And, and, and I love that quote because the, it, to me, it's the perfect way to put it, right? A college education isn't for everybody. Exactly. And, and, right. And, and for those people, we're here to tell you that you do have options, right? And, and listen, we're preaching to the choir because we know the, the members of this union understand this concept but you know we're going to give you some tools to talk to your kids about it and maybe if you're not a member of our union and you're listening to this podcast um, you're going to get educated on this right but but trade schools and technical schools provide educational opportunities for people who who want to know how to do stuff rather than know about stuff yeah And, and that's kind of the difference right and What's the difference between college, trade school, and technical school? There are differences between them, right? What what is a trade school? Some people call these vocational schools, which is an umbrella term that can encompass career and technical schools as well. Though these terms are sometimes used interchangeably, there are subtle differences. There are. Yeah, so trade schools typically leave out general education, liberal arts. Instead, they focus more just on training in a specific or skilled vocation. Uh, trade schools typically lead you to a career in the skilled trades, so uh, welders, machinists, mechanics, plumbers, electricians, carpenters, pipe fitters, masons, and you know the list goes on and on. Yep. Uh, students usually will earn a certificate or a diploma and often have to go to an apprenticeship or become a journeyman before becoming fully licensed. Yep. And sometimes you can take a licensing exam right out of school, but in in a lot of cases, uh, you can go right to work in the trade without any further education. Yeah. Yeah. So so there's also, and, and that's a trade school, and I think that that's going to be the, the crux of our conversation here today. But there are these career or technical schools, too, and Vinny alluded to it, that they sometimes all get lumped up together. But career and technical schools are a little bit different than trade schools. Um, those schools, they, they focus kind of on a generalized practical training um, towards marketing 
marketable skills, right? So um, they offer you training in, in high demand fields. So so it kind of changes with the, the job market. But, you know, we're talking about fields like health sciences, business, sales, finance, um, IT, even math, technology, logistics, hospitality. Uh, and those are just a few. The list is pretty long um, as to what you can study at a career or a technical school. It's more similar to college. But again, as Jason pointed out earlier, it, you know, they, they remove those general education classes and they just focus on the career skills. But, it's, but it still is, again, it's more theory-based rather than practical-based. Um, you know, they they focus on these specific skills required in the industry that yeah. they're talking about, um, and they tend to develop skills through through practice and improvement rather than you know the typical university uh, study and memorization, right? Yeah. Um, but what about college? I mean, we all know about college, but how does how is college different? College and universities offer students the ability to develop soft and hard skills while earning academic degrees. So you're gonna have you're gonna have classes in math, I want to say English, psychology. You know, it, depending on your on your major and uh, the type of degree you're trying and to get. The humanities. Yeah, humanities. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So everybody knows the high cost of college because you go through all your general ed. You have to get a what they view as a well-rounded education. You're going to take all kinds of stuff. I remember at yep. Quinnipiac, I had to take drama for my business program. Uh, right. Nice. Really useful. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. They, they definitely know how to inflate the cost of your loans. Uh, <laughs> and you pay for that for years, right? So a lot of people, rightfully so, have started to question the value of it. Even businesses are starting to question the value of different degrees. There's been a huge drop-off in master's level degrees. Um, people just don't think the value is there in terms of the money, especially as classes have moved online. Yeah. I always say it's just, it's a license to learn. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it, it gets you hired and then you start from square one again. You know, and there's definitely like a connotation of which school you go to and how prestigious it is. And it's funny cause you'll look at, you know, a teacher that lives in this area might teach at Fairfield, Quinnipiac and Southern and you're getting a degree from whichever place you you know pay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and and I, I'm I'm pretty critical of college personally. I think it's a big ripoff, and and I know that that my son is going to hear this, and and he's always offended when I say that because he's kind of an academic, right? He's getting ready to pursue a doctorate, um, so he has a different opinion of college than I do, but. Um, you know, I always say that I see it as a license to learn. You get a degree, and it just gives you a piece of paper that says you can go and, and learn how to do a job now. You know, we know that all of our members here have a career at Sikorsky, a good yeah. career, and they're not looking at that. But whether you have kids that are trying to figure out a path, or even if you could have this discussion with, you know, a neighbor, a family member, we want to definitely try to change any stigma attached to, you know, having to go to college or, you know, by going to a, a tech school or a trade school, because you can, some of the most successful people I know, a friend of mine at the shop who also has an electrical business, people that master a trade and build a business yep. and kind of are, you know, in charge of their own destiny. There's something to be said for that. And you having that conversation with even, you know, a neighbor or a friend might change their opinion and help their, you know, their kid grow. Sure. Absolutely. And, and listen, College is expensive, 
right? Very. It's it, and you alluded to it. At minimum one hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a college degree. Yeah, plus interest. Yeah, um, and you know, and that's that's before you start buying books every semester and things like that. You know, and and if if you haven't had that experience, uh, a, a college textbook is you know, a hundred, oh, $200. A, that's one of the other great rackets of our it time. It is a racket. Uh, but, you know a the, racket. but you can sell it back to the school for $30. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good deal. Well, not really. Cause they'll change it next year. They'll change three <laughs> yes, words and, and it's no longer valid. Yeah. Right. Um, so let's talk about the benefits of, of a trade school education. I want to kind of focus on trade schools, right? Um, so, so what are the benefits of those, of going to one of those schools? Well, for one, you're going to get practical experience. So, you know, not to keep comparing to college, but college people show up, they start taking general ed. They a lot of times have no idea what they want to do. And the same is true for probably a lot of trade schools. But you're going in and you're actually getting your hands dirty. You're trying different things. You're seeing I can learn this skill and this is how it's going to translate to a career. And you don't necessarily get that same connection at a college or, you know, another regular school. Oh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, how many kids come out of college with a degree in something and they end up with a career in something else? Yeah. The common question coming out of college is, okay, I have a degree. Now what do I do with it? Right. Right. And that question isn't asked when you're coming out of a trade school. Yeah. If I come out of trade school with a plumbing license, I know what I'm going to be. Right. And you have to balance the cost of you know, what you've invested into your career and how much return you're going to get on that. So, you know, if if you graduate with a, you know, degree in humanities and get a job offer for $25,000 a year, you'd be a lot better off going to trade school and getting the hundred, you know, 50 grand. No question. And, and I think, you know, listen, I think if you're doing what you love, that matters. So if you don't love being an electrician or a plumber, um, that's a factor. But, you know, we talked about the cost of college, and I think that's a huge factor for some people because typical trade school is right around, as, as I read it, is right around $33,000. And most of them are about between one and two year programs. Yeah. So you get through it quicker, right? You spend less money, you're in the job market quicker, starting to earn money. So th- I think that's a big advantage, and, right? And something about trades is they're they're more recession-proof than a lot of other jobs. And For sure. Also, a lot of them can't be outsourced. You can't just outsource electricians. You can't out- just outsource auto mechanics. If the cars are here that need to be worked on, they can't send them overseas to be worked that's on. That's right. But some guy in Sweden can curate the, uh, you know, the artwork for your museum. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, seriously, you know, there are things you're absolutely right, Vin. These are these are recession proof jobs. Yeah. You know, you're you still have to fix your electricity. You still have to fix your pipes. Yeah. You still have to build stuff. Um, so so they are recession proof jobs. Yeah, And there's something to be said for having the ability to learn skills and use them throughout your life, not have to hire somebody every time you yes. need every minor thing. Exactly. To be done. Yep. Um, you, you know, when. When I did research for this, some of the stuff hit me that I, I didn't even consider. Um, you know, the, the length of the program is a factor not just to get you through the program and get you into the job market quicker, but the dropout rate in college is pretty significant, right? Um, kids are dropping out at a, at a 40% rate. So 40% of college students drop out of college before they finish. 
30% of those students that drop out do it before their sophomore year. So, you know, it's daunting to some kids, right? That that higher education is hard and it's it's hard for some kids to finish that. So the prospect of a shorter program might, you know, might be exactly the the remedy that some kids need. And I had I have personal experience with that cuz that's that's exactly my story. I I did a little bit of college and right around sophomore year it was like yeah. No, this is not for me. I, I'd rather do something else, and that's why I decided to go get a trade. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know stories like that. I talked to some coworkers, um, one in particular who I'm thinking of right now, whose son, you know, went to college, did a year of college, did p- very poorly, um, dropped out, felt the pressure from the family, right, went to another college, dropped out again, has like $50,000 in student loans debt uh. with no degree to show for it and works now in for a, for a city up in Massachusetts for the um the public works department and loves it and is making a lot of money. Yeah, so worked out well, but he started or she started well before the starting yeah. line. Yep. For sure. Talk about a setback. Yeah. Uh. It was definitely a setback. Has that that student loan debt really for no reason it's like you know he drove up to massachusetts chucking hundred dollar bills out the window on his way you know like (laughs) you said aside aside from the tuition cost and the amount of time you're going to be paying that back just the amount of time the program takes it delays you getting into the workforce it delays you you know making and saving money yes working towards goals um and companies like sikorsky we're seeing they're looking at trade schools when they're hiring they're yeah. looking for people with you know technical backgrounds that yep. are going to thrive yeah. within their training they and want their trades they want trades people yeah they do um and and we're going to talk about our career pathways program in a few minutes but but yeah they absolutely are working hard to find people like that um we've said on past uh episodes as well just the crunch for machinists yep. trying to get you know skilled machinists yeah It's always a challenge. You know, some kids, for some kids going to college, you know, it starts, well, for every kid, it starts with the application process. And and that's really intimidating for a lot of kids, right? Um, You know, here's my my ideal school. This is the school I want to go to. And the disappointment of not being accepted to that school is pretty overwhelming for some kids, right? Um, or, Or maybe not getting accepted to any schools, right? That's that's definitely a possibility. Um, So you're paying for an application process. I I know that application fees are anywhere from $50 to $100 to apply to to a college. You have to submit your your transcript from high school. You have to submit your test scores, you know, your your ACTs or your SATs. and, and then keep your fingers crossed and hope they want you or hope, you know, they have enough openings to, to fit you in, right? A, a trade school, you go knock on the door with your high school diploma in your hand, and if you have the money, you're in. Yep. Yeah. Right? So, uh, you know, that's, to me, that's a big factor for some kids, right? That process is pretty stressful for some kids. Yeah, yeah I'd rather probably take out a $150,000 loan and get like a work van and a, a trade certificate and <laughs> yeah, start really. my own business. Exactly. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but listen, you know, we don't want to sugarcoat it, right? On average, college graduates will make more money over their career, right? That's what the studies show. But there is no question that graduating from a trade school will start you out at 
not I won't even say a competitive salary, an above average wage, especially an above if, average salary, especially if it's in a union shop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, without question, you know, and to take that further, you you get a trade degree, you come into Sikorsky, you get a job. Now you end up you're under a union contract. You've got the tuition benefit that you can go apply for. And if you want to go get a degree, yep. you can go get a degree and not start with one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in debt. That's right. You can help. The company can help pay for that. Also, it seems like, well, when I was in high school, and I, I would guess they probably are still doing this now, that they're trying to push kids into college. So we've had not as many people going into trades. So trades are are needed yeah. at a higher rate. They're in high demand, um, and you're right. There's this, well, I started, I started this section out by saying it's the – you know, the, the common wisdom is that you have to have a college yeah. degree nowadays. And I just don't think that's true. I think we're kind of coming back off of that again. And and I, I hope it's a trend, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I just think, you know, and again, I have to apologize to my son who's going to listen to this. It's a scam, right? College to me is a scam. It's just uh. they're, they're, they're getting pushed into college, right? And they're spending tons of money for these degrees and it's clearly too much money right the colleges are 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 they're charging way too much money and the proof is that every college campus you go to is a perpetual construction site yeah there are new buildings going up you know new degrees being offered and it's just it's a money grab it's all so that they can say hey come to our school stay in this new dorm it's only going to cost you sixty thousand dollars a year <laughs> and you're going to get this cool piece of paper at the end yeah you'll have three roommates you're, gonna, you're not yeah. going to eat very well <laughs> yeah. i think it also also needs to be said most people at 18 years old do not know what they want to do for the no. rest of their life and 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 i wish i had pulled the stats on that because Let's talk about the kids who do end up graduating college. I know that I've read statistics on it, and of course I can't give you the numbers, but the number or percentage of college students who graduate with a degree that is different from the major that they started out with. I think oh, yeah. it's between like 60 to 80%. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy number, yeah. right. I, they, everybody changes their major. I'm one of those. I mean, I, I graduated with a degree in marketing. Yep. And then when I graduated, I got a few job offers. And they were, this is back in 2008, they were in the range of like 45 grand. Yeah. Um, my student loans were about a thousand bucks a month. Oof. So I said to myself, how can I afford an apartment, a car note, and, you know, my student yeah. loans on 40 grand? You can't. My my brother, my oldest brother, is actually, uh, he's one of those stories where he, he stayed. He stayed in his in his assigned career, if you will. He has a marketing degree from Quinnipiac, and he's he's doing marketing today. I mean, he's getting ready to retire, but wow. he's yeah, uh, he's in marketing. I guess so I could have been. You could have followed. <laughs> you could have rode his coattails. Well, I'm proud to be a team. That you're better yeah, off here. I think you're doing okay. <laughs> you know, we talk about the the challenge of trying to figure out what you want to do. So we definitely have to know the career pathways program that we have here at Sikorsky yep. um, for high school students, juniors, and seniors. They can come in and they can really get the flavor of what it's like to work at Sikorsky in all different jobs. Um, and it's great experience. You get school credit, I believe, as well. Yep. Um, so and, it's, 
it's just an opportunity to actually try out things, see what it's going to be like before you invest four years and a hundred grand. Yeah, and this is what Vinny was talking about, right? That the company is looking for those yes. those people, right? They're looking for people with that trade school education. Um, I, I know that that, and I hope I don't get in trouble for uttering his name on our podcast, but George Mitchell is is a huge proponent of our Career Pathways program because he knows that the kids who are coming out of that program are highly skilled, ready to work, hit the floor running type of employee, right? And and that's what the company yeah. wants. Yeah, they're looking for people with you know, skill sets, not necessarily, you don't have to know how to build a helicopter yeah, out of right. high school, right. um, but having the ability to work with your hands, to yes. know how to use tools, to know what different tools are. These are the things that make you a moldable, you know, good employee. Yep, absolutely. And more and more of these corporations are looking to mold and train employees based on what they need. Yeah. Uh, so, and and we partner with all of the area tech schools, right? We we partner in that Career Pathways program with Emmett O'Brien from Ansonia, um, Platt Tech in Milford, Bullard Havens in Bridgeport, Caner Tech in Waterbury, and, and just recently we added Eli Whitney in Hamden. So all of the area tech schools are involved in this pl- program as as well as a few public schools that have pretty robust, um, you know, technical education programs within their schools. So, you know, we're grabbing all of those kids in this area um, to to give them an opportunity to get into this program and get their foot in the door. Um, and, you know, you alluded to it before that a lot of these kids end up with full-time jobs at yeah. Sikorsky Aircraft. Yeah, and there's different member schools, obviously. Um, within our program, you have to be a member of one of those schools to apply. But if you know somebody that's interested, tell them to look into the program, call down Union Hall, you know, get some information. Uh, DJ is in charge of the program yep. with Dave Lucas and Nick, Howell, Amy, Mia. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of different people that you could reach out to for information. But every year they bring in between 30, 50 high school students. They take eight weeks to work in the factory. And then they come back the following year and do another eight weeks. And yeah. you get paid. And that sounds like a lot, right? That sounds like a lot of students, but it's not. Yep. Um, it, this is a really competitive program. 30 to 50 students every year seems like seems like a big, big deal. But it, it's actually... We're actually leaving a lot of kids out of the program, um, and and I don't want to make that sound like a bad thing, but the fact of the matter is that we're you know we're getting the best of the best from these schools, and that's great. So, like you said, Jason, they earn union wages, right? They work eight weeks with an opportunity to get another eight weeks after their senior year, um, you know, and 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 we're looking if if you're listening and you have a student at one of these schools, let's be clear about what we're looking for in this program. We're not looking for the kid who wants to come and make some good money for two summers and then go to college. That's not the kid we're looking for, right? We're looking for the kid who's in a technical school who wants to do this work as a career, you know, wants to run a machine, wants to be a plumber or an electrician, something like that, right? Wants to do that kind of work as a career so that, you know, this is a gateway to a possible career at Sikorsky Aircraft. That's the student we're looking for. So these kids that come through this program are, uh, you know, they're proof, right? They're proof that um, that what we're talking about today is is real and it's a viable option for people who don't see college as an option. Yeah. And, and, and that's really 
again, that's the message, right? That we understand. I think there's, there's, well, there's two people sitting here anyway. Um, you know, Jason, I know you graduated with a degree and that's awesome. I wish that I wanted to do that. I, I don't, I don't wish anything different for my life. I, I love the work that I do and, and I'm, and I'm glad I took the path I did. I'd like to have a college degree, but it just wasn't for me. Like Vinny said yeah. before, it wasn't for me. I took a couple of college classes yeah. actually through the union, um, even on subjects that I was interested in, labor classes. I, I took those classes and I love the subject matter. I hate the process. Yeah. Right. I hate that process of sitting in the classroom and learning stuff that way. Yeah. Just don't enjoy it. It's not for me. And I know that there are a ton of kids out there who are like me. And they need to know that these types of things are options. And I hope as parents who are listening to this, that you have those conversations with, with your kids who are in that same boat. Yeah. Yeah. If I could uh, trade back my degree and maybe get a refund, I would probably take it at this <laughs> right. point. I'm uh, I think happy at Sikorsky and I'm grateful for the experience that I had going to school. But I think you should call Quinnipiac and ask him to make that deal. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I the I think the the process for me is what killed it for me too. It was sitting in a class, listening to someone lecture was not for me. And honestly, getting the trade I got is probably the best thing I ever did. And probably the second best thing I ever did was applied at Sikorsky and right. pushed to get the job. And heck yeah. And then you know get then get involved with the union afterwards. Yep. So that's it. Talk to your kids. Let them know that there's options out there, right? Don't push a kid into college who doesn't want to go to college because that's, I think that's a recipe for failure. Yeah. And please, like we said, talk to your neighbors, talk to your friends, talk to, you know, people, you might change a kid's life just by letting their parents know that there's other opportunities out there. Yep. Happened to me. So, so that's it for that. Um, What do we got for upcoming events? So we have the TVC golf tournament. We've been talking about it every week. They're still selling foursomes if you'd like to play. Uh, There's still tickets available for just the dinner if you just would rather do that. Um, There's going to be a lot of different opportunities for raffles, fun events, things that you could do. So definitely get some tickets, check it out, donate to a good cause. When is it? That's going to be on the 20th of May. It's at Orono Country Club. It starts at 1130 in the morning. All right. I'll be there, and I can tell you a little sneak peek. The 10 to 12 podcast will be there. Um, doing, uh, I, I don't want to say a live event. We're going to call it live from the TVC scramble, but it won't be live. It'll be recorded. Um, but come by, look for us and, uh, maybe we'll sit you down in front of a microphone and say hi. Nice. All right. Next thing coming up, we've got the membership meeting on May 18th. Uh, as always, it's going to be at one o'clock, four o'clock. We've got a food truck coming. It starts an hour before each meeting. So come on down, get a free lunch, listen to the meeting, find out what's going on dispel all those crazy rumors that you hear on the shop floor exactly right yeah the last thing we're going to ask people is our contract surveys going around please help out somebody that's our mission for you this week find somebody who is not good with technology pull out your phone pull out their phone go to a computer it takes two seconds to log into this system you just put in your e-number and you're good to type away um, so it really couldn't be easier to use, and this is awesome technology that's going to let us analyze what's important to you and make sure that our contract goes after those things. Just to be clear, you cannot take the survey on a flip phone. Um, <laughs> if there's somebody out there listening to this and, and sure- you know who you are, <laughs> you cannot take this on a flip phone. So my suggestion is 
get a smartphone. It's time. It is time. But also, just get a steward. Somebody will help you. <laughs> right? It takes two seconds. So please, go out, find somebody this week that looks like they could never do this, and help them do their contract survey. Amen. Yeah. All right, Vinny, what's going on out there in the world of organized labor? So we, we have something in right in our own backyard here in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. The workers at the Graduate Hotel announce a, uh, an organizing drive. So the workers are seeking fair schedules. Fair wages and respect on the job, and they're they're looking to join Unite Here Local 217. Nice. We should maybe go down there, pay them a visit. I think we should. Uh, just a little ad about uh, Unite Here 217. They represent a lot of other hotel workers and food service workers in uh, in Connecticut and Rhode Island. And uh, we have we have more Starbucks. Starbucks in St. Paul, Minnesota, the first in the state. Workers vote 14 to 1 to join Starbucks Workers United. Who's that one guy? Yeah, I or know, girl. right? Uh, Man. Crazy. Uh, workers in Augusta, Georgia, at a Starbucks location, voted 26 to 5 in favor of the union. First one in Georgia, the second one in the South. And right here in Connecticut and West Hartford, uh, Star, uh, Starbucks workers announced a, an organizing drive. So. It's about time that Connecticut yes. jumped on the bandwagon. So uh, visit them, wear your, your union gear, talk about how great it's having a union, and encourage them to vote yes. Yes, sir. What else? Is that it? That's it for, uh, for today. All right. So as always, we end every episode with a quote about organized labor from yep. – usually people in labor. So, Vinny, what do we got? This one's not a labor person, but this is a notable person. This is uh, Louis Brandeis. He was appointed to the Supreme Court by uh, Woodrow Wilson in 1916, and he was the first Jewish person on the Supreme Court. So his quote is, Strong, responsible unions are essential to industrial fair play. Without them, the labor bargain is wholly one-sided. Amen. Before we sign off, I just want to include one more event that I forgot. So the you guys have heard us talk about the Connecticut Teamsters Futures. We're going to be starting off with a meeting on June 5th. It's going to be at our Union Hall at 150 Garfield Ave. Uh, it's going to be on Sunday, June 5th at 10 a.m. So if you're interested in getting more involved in the union, uh, come on down, and you know we're going to have a little kickoff party. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, please, if you're if you're looking for any way to get involved with your union, have your voice heard a little bit louder, um, plan on coming to that event. And yeah. it's really cool. There's different locals coming from across the state, so you get to meet other Teamsters, and you know it's, it's definitely a fun time. It is a fun time. All right, thanks for that. Um, so so that's it for this episode. I hope you learned something. Um, uh, I know we we had a good time doing it. I think it's an interesting subject. Um, as always, remember to email us, tell us what you like about this podcast. Tell us what you hate about this podcast. Drop us a line at comms at teamsters1150.org. That's C-O-M-M-S at teamsters1150.org. Oh, that was weird. Um, and, um, we thank you. We appreciate you always listening. We appreciate you downloading. We appreciate you following the 10 to 12 podcast. If you're not following the 10 to 12 podcast, shame on you. <laughs> Get on Podbean and follow us today. All right. Again, we appreciate it. We thank you. And until next time, I'm Stephen French. I'm Vinny Kaitsi. And I'm Jason Shoemaker. We'll see you again.